0: Hi, everybody. You're listening to In Our 60s, created, hosted, and produced by me, Marcy Nicholas. This show is for those of us who are navigating the decade of our 60s with all its particular challenges and possibilities. Before I introduce my guest today, I want to thank my previous guests and those of you who have been listening for being part of this podcast project. If you want to share your story about what it means to be in your 60s, you can contact me, In the meantime, I may reach out to you. If you accept, I will walk you through the process. And if you decline, I will not take it personally. This podcast is not meant to be a task that you must complete, but a way to capture the stories of many people who are dear to me and who interest me. On another note, I've decided where my podcast will be hosted and I do apologize for this website whiplash. I decided to go with pod page, not pod bean. What I really like about pod page is it provides several ways for listeners to interact with the podcast and the guests. First, I have set up the page so you can now comment on the episodes. For this, you will need a Facebook account. And secondly, if you look in the lower right hand corner of the page, you will find a microphone icon button you can leave a voice message that I can download and then potentially include in my next podcast. So feel free to play around with that feature. Well, I really didn't mean to conduct a damn business meeting before introducing my next guest. I hope no one is breaking out in hives based on your experience with those who always want to call a meeting to revise the third sentence of the third paragraph in some finance report. And so let me in, let me introduce my guest. My guest today is my husband Fred. Fred and I are recording at our at Penn State because we had some audio issues recording at home. So this is our this is our second go around. Usually Fred, I know you've listened to my podcast, but usually I ask people to share their memory of if if we have a memory of where where we met so do you want to do you want to start and share where and how we met and and how long we've been married or will be married sure,
1: sure marcy and thank you for having me on two times now in one day
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes it's been quite a day but we might get into that later
1: So I I heard about you before I met you, and uh, my brother and uh, former sister-in-law were telling me about you when they were helping me move my stuff back to uh, York from graduate school. And then that was, uh, it was another year and, and a month or so later that we actually met at faculty orientation at Penn State York. I think we really met at, not at the orientation but at the at the picnic at our, our chancellor's or CEO's house, right?
0: And and the reason your brother and oh yeah, our former sister-in-law talked about me is because I actually had them as students in one of my classes. Yeah. And so, then and then we didn't start dating until nineteen eighty
1: nine. Well, if I'm not mistaken, we had a student who tried to set us up, didn't oh, we? Oh,
0: that's right. Yes. yes.
1: Yes. And she I don't
0: I don't know how that fell through or did it fall through or was she just recommending I don't know. You to me or me to you. Didn't we I... go to
1: see that Anselm Kiefer show? Yes. Yes, and that was. I be- thought
0: that. No, was that, that before was before we. That was before I we think started. She went today. with us. Oh, where was the Anselm Kiefer show? In the
1: Philadelphia Museum of Art.
0: I mean, I remember going to the show definitely, and then, yeah. and then that summer of '89, we. That's when we went to New York, right, to see you had. That you was, had an yeah, yes, was an opening.
1: Yeah. Yes, it was an opening. You had. Yeah, First Street Gallery or something
0: like that. Yeah, and who was the uh was Jack Beal the owner of that Jack gallery? Jack Beal was the
1: juror. No. Oh, the, the juror. juror. Yeah.
0: And and why you said in our in our previous take you said that you were surprised that you were accepted into that show. Why why were you surprised?
1: Well, because my work was not as realistic or as you know, like photographic realism or photorealism, or it was a little more expressive than all the other work. I thought mine was sort of walking a line between more illusionistic stuff and more expressive stuff. And I, I think in many ways it still is.
0: <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. I, I mean, you've often, what have you called yourself an ex, uh, expressive realist or? Yeah, I guess. I, I don't because know okay cuz yeah. cuz you always talk about how how you can make out the the images in your paintings but you're not interested in having those kinds of markings the same kinds of markings and brushwork as well, yeah realists. And,
1: and maybe the color is more expressive or the brushwork is a little more is 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 looser Uh, than, than what you would have. I never really went with a lot of small brushes. You know, I had a professor at, when I was in undergrad school say, well, if you're going to be more realistic, you need to get rid of all those big brushes. I think he knew I wasn't going to do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So tell, tell our listeners about your professional life and, and that's sort of complicated. For you, because, well, I'll let you. I'll I'll let you explain that a bit.
1: Well, if I'm not doing any alpine skiing or <laughs> or riding my day classic sailing. BMW or day, yeah, my day sailor, then I'm I'm usually in the studio at Penn State York. I think that there is some kind of tension between doing creative work and teaching painting and drawing you know in a big university such as Penn State there there's just some kind of tension between my expectations and the students expectations and my expectations of my work and my expectations there were there and and also I think maybe so that but that's that's my professional life is is both in and out of the studio in the classroom and in the studio. Do you have a more specific question?
0: <laughs> well, I, I guess I'm thinking about this semester that we're in now where you're teaching printmaking and and you've had to spend a lot of time making prints yes. as, as examples of the assignments so that you can illustrate to your students what they need to do for a particular assignment. And though you are creating a a, a certain body of work, it might still not be the work that you want to focus on, but you have to use that focus and time and resources for the the course that you're teaching as opposed Mm -hmm. to sort of using the time and resources for... Your quote-unquote own work. Well, part
1: of it is also I needed to do those, make those examples because I I I did not have a sense, I did not have a good sense anyway of how long these pieces would take, and I I figured, okay, this is how long it takes me to do it. Add a couple more hours, you know. These are the kinds of. Trials that these students might have as they're as they're doing these pieces. And so it was it was not just to have an example, but also to to have a better sense of of what exactly was was involved with this, because the last time I taught anything with printmaking, it was uh, I taught independent study and uh, special topics. And uh, so that was very open ended And, uh, and and we just kind of went along but that I had two students in this class then, and uh, so it, w- it was a lot different than having a whole bunch of students. And and, and another thing is that they they they're at all different levels in terms of their drawing ability. So I had to kind of figure out how much of this course is going to be based on uh, the technical aspects of the print, and how much is on the creative aspect or the original the originality of the images that that all comes into play because none of these courses require a prerequisite, and uh, so they may not have drawing skills. And so, but yeah, I did spend a lot, getting back to it, I'd spent a lot of time doing these prints, and then I haven't been painting, but there are other reasons. Uh, I haven't been painting as much until until lately. There are other reasons that I wasn't getting some painting done too, things with, you know, my mom and,
0: yeah. And there's also, but you also mentioned some tension about, because you are not teaching art majors. Yeah. The, the students are taking this class as a, to fulfill a, an arts requirement.
1: Right. Right. So, so they, they m- might be basing their decision to take this course on their experience at high school or middle school. And I don't know if, if, well, I know for certain, actually, that some of them had no idea of the amount of time it's going to take to do some of this work or the effort. And and frankly, I don't understand why someone would sign up for a studio class if they could instead sit in a class that meets three hours less a week and uh, kind of an a art appreciation or something like that. So it is frustrating to not have art majors. And uh, But sometimes it's rewarding. You get You get some students who really get, get into the process, and then, and, and so I have, I do have a, a lot of students who repeat classes, I wouldn't say a lot, but maybe a quarter of them, you know, come back and take another class, so that's always neat.
0: So, you turned 60 last year. Yeah. And we, we did do something special for your birthday. Do, do you want to talk about that, or do you want me well, yeah. to?
1: Well, you can, well, you did a lot of the work. You got everything together, and, Made the arrangements and and my whole family ended up uh, coming into town and uh, which was really cool because my brothers and and sister in laws and my parents were there and it was the last time that uh, dad got to um, come out with us that was before we found out he was sick that was really special and then and then we went back to the house and you had the whole yeah we. Yeah, you know, we had Dad's our... house all decorated. Go ahead, Deepa, right? We talk.
0: we sort of had a, a a retro birthday party. You know, we had a a happy birthday tablecloth and napkins and. Funny glasses and those um, those things that you blow into that unfold. I thought they were going to make noise, but they didn't make noise, so I was That's a little okay. disappointed. I was a little disappointed in that. But I think the the best thing about it was that it was your whole family, and it was one of the last times that we went out to dinner with your with your father before he he fell and then he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and then he passed away in, in June but do you remember th- like thinking about turning 60 was it was it a definitive moment for you or just another birthday
1: i was just looking forward to spring break
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah because your birthday usually falls yeah, around yes. so i think i think it was yeah, it was around spring break it's last year, too. It's always like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, it's
1: almost always like that. Uh, no, I wasn't thinking about, I, I, you know, I'm always running numbers in my head of different things. And, and I guess that's just another one of those things that I think about, you know. Oh, well, at this time, when my grandfather was this old, he was doing this or had done that. And when this person was this old, they had done this and done that. And I, I think about that stuff but I, I think really instead uh, maybe I I thought I'm a little closer to retirement and uh, looking forward to that that sort of thing well and and uh, of course that'll be a big change and it's still a little scary because so much going on with markets and economy and, and savings that it's hard to but no I really didn't think about like being 60 I, I really didn't and I and I and I don't know why
0: so has there been anything different about turning sixty or or moving into your sixties as opposed to turning fifty and moving into your fifties?
1: I think my bones hurt more <laughs> <laughs> when I get up to do things. No, I think fifty was a much bigger deal. You know, we had that party.
0: Oh, that's right. Yes, I did get. I you did know, have those a party people for came. you.
1: And that's kind of, but 60 is kind of like, okay, okay, here's, here's the side stage. Here's, you know, exit stage, right? Kind of thing. Here, get, get <laughs> out of here,
0: you know, move along.
1: I, I think, and this, this didn't happen all, all at once, but I do notice a much greater gulf between my experiences and those of my students. That, that is one thing that, that I'm noticing more. But that's not just being 60. That's just being 40 years older than them. <laughs> yeah, Right. You know? Right.
0: I mean, it gets a little harder to relate to their music, to relate to what, what they're into. I mean, for instance, in a, in a class just last week... I had a lot of students talking about anime, talking about One Piece, Attack of the Titans, some other titles none of which I am familiar and and just how much time they spend watching these because they take some, some of them have like one of them has seven hundred episodes or a thousand episodes, so they spend a lot of time watching these stories and and getting involved in the narrative arc yes. uh, of the you know of these stories. I mean they're very they're very invested in this. Yes. I obviously I know that you are not retired yet.
1: Yeah.
0: How do you have? With, and not that you have to be specific I mean
1: I have plans
0: do you have plans to retire yeah. yes and how do you how do you see your retirement unfolding or well, how do you hope your retirement unfolds
1: it's a little premature to talk about it felt because we're really not sure what we're going to do with with my mom and and not that we have to do anything with her but you know her situation at her bed, She still is in the house that she and my dad bought, you know, 52 years ago. And it's a huge house for one person. And uh, depending on how how long she stays in that or if we can find a a better place for her, then maybe uh, I can think about some other things to do in retirement. But I have all sorts of ideas, probably most of which you're not going to want me to do. Uh, (laughs) Everything from have goats again. And I know that, that you're not into that. <laughs> to uh, do some serious travel, which I'm sure you would be into. And, and uh, you know, then, do, of course, do a lot more painting and fix up my studio space, get the studio working. Also do a lot of things uh, because I, w- I was thinking about this today as I was trying to fix the the chipper that was hooked up to the tractor. i thinking about how how many things, you know, with with... with balancing stuff with, with my with my mom and with work and with the trying to do creative work and um, our relationship and the upkeep of the place. That's, you know, there are only so many hours in the day and uh, I'm hoping to kind of knock one of those things out so I have a little more time to attend to the other things and, and be engaged in a little bit more meaningful activity than just running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Try to put out fires all the time. I know and, chickens. And see, I know that headless chickens don't put out fires. But
0: right, well, <laughs> and and in case someone listening doesn't know, we we live on ten acres. Yeah. We moved there ten how long half. ago? <laughs> ten and a half acres. How how long ago did we it's move there? It's going to
1: be thirty. It's going to be twenty six years in March.
0: Twenty six years in March. In the end of
1: March. The end of
0: March. Yes, and and we were. We were younger then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had a lot more energy. And-
1: yeah, but, you know, I, I think, you know, you know, I mean, a lot of the things that we did when we first got there are need to be attended to again, but they don't need to be redone. But things do need to be going back into, you know, I mean, the woods are always coming up on us. And it reminds me of, uh, you know, I mean, you just have to you just have to go and, and take care of it again and again and again. If you let it go, it just gets wild and unmanageable and then it takes even longer to do the next time. It's just one of those things. But yeah, ten acres, ten and a half acres.
0: But like today you sixty
1: three year old tractor.
0: Right. Sixty one year old. Had... No,
1: the tractor's is ten years older than me.
0: Like today you had plans to yes. take care of some some brush if Yeah, but will. I was only gonna
1: do that for an hour. I was gonna paint right. the rest were... of the day. Right. Get... You were
0: only gonna do that for an hour. So then, you you we have a a professional grade chipper, a pretty yeah. pretty intense PTO chipper. driven
1: Apache wood chipper shredder.
0: But what happened was the, a shear pin broke. Right?
1: right, right, and it was also jammed up in the in the chipper. Oh,
0: it was also jammed up.
1: Yeah, so, so that's why so the shear pin to, broke.
0: So you had to spend time fixing that before you could even. Yeah. Begin the project that you had set out to do at one o'clock. You didn't even get to start the project. Until well, I did. I, I
1: ran it long enough to get that the stuff jammed in there. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, right. And, uh, oh,
0: you had, you had, it It wasn't oh, jammed in there from beforehand. Oh, no, was, no,
1: no, oh, I, I okay. no. I, <laughs> I was working on it for about 45 minutes or so. And then, then a big, big old uh, grapevine kind of got wrapped around there it didn't chip it just wrapped around like an old anaconda almost and that that's when the the shear pin broke but then i had to you know take the whole thing apart and dig it out and untwist it and try to cut it off yeah that was a, that was a lot of stuff but that's like normal that's that's like every everything something doesn't pro- work you right, hit a rock one
0: project leading yes. to another project yes, yes. But then, like you said, that cuts into fixing that, you know, that cuts into time, the time that you wanted to spend on some other things.
1: That's why you were banging on the kitchen door to tell me dinner was ready when I was still bringing the firewood,
0: (laughs) which is another thing that
1: takes a lot of time because we heat the house with wood, right? So,
0: yes, but I
1: think about how much money we saved over all these years heating with wood.
0: Well, we That's, we do save money, but I don't I don't know if your shoulders are going to be saved. <laughs>
1: well, you know what? They go; they all turn to dust anyway, eventually. So,
0: well, just like eventually, the wood, just but, like the ashes. Right, eventually, but we would hope not, not just yet.
1: Well, oh yeah, I have stuff to do.
0: <laughs> so, is there? So. What would a typical day of retirement look like for you?
1: Well, I'd like to get up and uh, walk over to Rudders. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like like to get up and... uh,
0: And talk to the ladies. Have a cup of coffee.
1: No. Take the dog out for a walk. Maybe do some sketching or drawing. Have a breakfast. Do a little reading. And then get to the studio for, you know, until lunchtime, say then work outside for for an hour or two uh and depend. and then once it starts getting warmer then maybe you know work in the morning while it's still cool and then go to the studio and and do a little traveling but i think mostly just you know be able to balance like like this week really you know you know Mm -hmm. if you have to go if you have to take someone to the doctor or you know do this or do that you have time to do that but you're not It's not like, oh, I have to be home and get to bed by such and such a time so I can get up and teach my early morning class or or what have you, grade papers.
0: Yeah, I, I know. This morning I woke up and I was thinking about the things that I was planning to work on, such as this podcast and this essay that I've been working on for a while. And I was, on the one hand, I was looking forward to that. But on the other hand, I realized that surrounding that was the pressure of performing, teaching. You know, those things are so side by side and just, just that I, I, it's not anxiety. I, I don't know what a good word for it is, but stress. there's always just stress, stress, but there's always that date that you have to be ready, you know, next, you know, we have to be ready next week to get back into the classroom. And, and again, that, that tension comes up between your own creative work and then having to prepare for, prepare for class and I think artists all over <laughs> in every profession face that tension, right? Because there are very few artistic people who can make a living just with their art. Right. They they have some other gig. That... Now, see, that's
1: why I've been really lucky, though, because my gig is very closely related to, to my painting. I mean, even though there's tension and, and it's not perfect, I mean... My gosh, I can't. I couldn't ask for a better kind of job, really. Even with all the griping and complaining that I do. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm dealing with something I like and uh I'm really into it.
0: But but as you mentioned before that that your output has ebbed and flowed and and when you've and sometimes you've even taken a break from painting. Yeah. And and worked in in different, yeah. I don't know if you want to call drawing, it mediums.
1: Pen, yeah, different medium, sure. Pen and ink. is a different. I mean, I spent, I spent, I don't know, at least a year and a half, pretty much just drawing those pen and ink drawings. And then that that uh, zombie thing that uh, you know was finished right as the Walking Dead came out. That was really a bummer.
0: Your comic strip. Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, and so I did all that stuff with Smitty. And the monkeys <laughs> and uh, I mean I think I started them in 2006 or maybe even late 2005 and didn't didn't fully hang up that stuff until maybe more like 2009 or so really so I started doing more painting uh, a year or so before that but you know I did I didn't for a while and then we did the the bow movement part. Uh, and that was a lot of stencils and, and things like that. And, and, and listeners
0: bow that the bow movement is B A U.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like Bauhaus, right? Like the Bauhaus. Only we call it Bow Movement. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, business as usual. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So fun. is
0: there so is there anything else on your mind these days?
1: Well, I think i worry i worry about stuff a lot uh i mean not stuff i have not not like worried like oh you know what am i going to do but i worry about history i worry about my students not being aware of things people in general
0: i know you're worried about the hawk
1: yes the hawk that's constantly and she was out there today i don't know if i told you when when i went out there to um, check to see what work needed to be done around. And I was working near the chicken coop and I noticed all the songbirds were in the bushes and in the trees. I could see them, you know, and I thought, well, why are they hanging out there? I just put food out in the bird feeders. And I looked up into a tree and that hawk was there and she saw me and then she flew off. But she's been harassing our last hand. Yeah,
0: she's, yeah, this, this hawk has been, as Fred said, harassing, harassing our last hen. She killed the last one. I
1: mean, well, right,
0: she yes. wounded
1: it, mortally wounded oh, it. Oh. You know, yeah, that was really messed it up. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the thing is that we can't quite figure out is that we have two roosters <sighs> and, <laughs> and, and they don't seem interested in rescuing this hen because we've had in the years that we have lived there, we have had a whole series of roosters. And so we had this this Dutch... Spang. This Dutch spang. Silver Dutch
1: spangled, or silver speckled hamburger or something like that. Silver, right. Yeah. And he, he, he would awesome. not
0: go into the coop at night until no. he could account for all the hens. He was literally... Yeah. I don't know if he was counting but it seemed as if yeah. he was counting because he knew when one or two were still out of the coop at night so they yes. always they you can count on chickens to go into their coop at night you don't yes. have to when it gets dark they just automatically return to the coop and we had and Rusty then, too and for, of course for... we had Rusty who was a huge Rhode Island red
1: in fact we had hit those two together
0: oh we did yeah, yeah. Ooh.
1: Rusty lived longer than Spang. though. Spang met a uh, un, unseemly. And
0: yes, he was in a very aggressive rooster, and then then Rusty
1: became aggressive afterward, but not yes. before. Yes, yeah.
0: and then we had a <laughs> actually a wonderful rooster. We named him PJ. Yeah, and he died while protecting. Yeah, the he hens. fought a hawk.
1: And we had a couple other ones in between that we had that big we had a big white one with a black head that something killed and uh, we had a couple we had that crazy rooster yes uh, that he was neurotic he well all the other right. roosters chased Very, him and caught him yes name.
0: that was terrible yes but but these two so now we have two yeah and they can't Useless. seem to to get their act together yes to they just stand around and and crow. When yes. the hen is being attacked. However, I will say it's very unusual to have to, for two roosters to cohabitate.
1: Well, remember, we had to those live nine together. We had those nine leghorns, too.
0: Oh, that's true. And with that's the two true. white
1: leghorns, two, the two hens, right? Yes. We had the nine. Yeah, they, they, were, were, from they a, were something a, else. A biology experiment. Yeah.
0: Yes. Well, and they, and they,
1: they stayed out. They did not go in the coop, though, until one of them got attacked at night. Because remember, oh, they yeah, used they to roost in the tree.
0: Roost in the trees.
1: Until until they realized why the other chickens were going inside. That was yeah. a long time ago. That was, that was like 2003 or something like that. That was like 20 years ago yeah, you we had have, this white.
0: Yeah, you have some good paintings of those. Yeah. Of those white Leghorns, yes. Some really good, good. I have one of, good
1: painting and some drawings.
0: Yeah, I can't believe someone hasn't.
1: Oh, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, hasn't bought that. You know, end up in a
1: dumpster sometime.
0: Could <laughs> it's it certainly could. Been in the trash
1: compactor.
0: Remember, we discovered that one painting of yours being sold through. Yes. Yeah. It was was so, it, it a Goodwill? Salvation it was, Army. Salvation Army. Salvation Army, Army through.
1: And we yeah. wondered
0: like we wondered how it got there to begin with. Yeah. it's That's sobering.
1: <laughs> but it did get bid up. It was going to go for $15 and people started bidding on it and it went up to 400 and something. So,
0: oh, wow. I didn't know that. Well, see, someone sent me an email
1: and said, is this one of your paintings? And then they wanted to buy it. And, and I posted something about it online. And, uh, and all of a sudden, all these people started to bid on it. So I think that guy thought he was going to get it for like $15. And he didn't. <laughs>
0: He um, did not.
1: Yeah, that that painting was sold from a show up in Harrisburg. I don't know. That was a That was a nifty little painting too. Little interior, so, little little square interior, like when I was when I was looking at a lot of Bernard paintings.
0: Well, so you're you're 61. You you turned 61 a few days ago. Yeah. And we were we were fortunate to have another little gathering. Yes. For you. That was fun. Yes. So what are your, you know, in the next couple years, what's on your mind right now regarding these next couple years?
1: Well, as soon as I finish working here, I want to take a drive across the country with you and hopefully Hancho. That would be too much fun to miss. And, and do a little more traveling and, and maybe get out of here in the wintertime. Make life a little bit easier on us. Do a lot more painting. That's that's really what I, you know I want to attend to the things that I haven't been able to get to. Try to enjoy things without uh, and, and try to stay active. You know.
0: Well, that's that sounds like a, a good start. Paint right? and read,
1: <laughs> paint and read and and work. Which is one thing I'm very happy. You know, like we we got all those novellas, and that's been real, a real joy reading all those books.
0: Yeah, Fred and I read a book by Louise Erdrich called The Sentence, which we both would... I guess we would read that hot, in the fall. Hot. Well, you read it in the fall. I read it last year, and then I read it again oh, okay. this year because okay. I said, you know, I want to read that again. Okay. And, and so it's called The Sentence, and it's about a bookstore and the people who work in the bookstore that the author Louise Erdrich, who is a native native american she owns a bookstore and she was a character in her own novel yeah and and so at the end of the book there's a whole there's a whole list of books that were just that were mentioned in some form in the novel and one of those lists was this whole series this series of novellas and so I I thought well over the the Christmas break the semester break I ordered all of those from the library and so Fred and I have been reading those novellas I mean we started out with J.M. Coetzee's uh, *Waiting for the Barbarians*. We read James Welch's *The Winter in the Blood*.
1: Train sounds. Dennis
0: Dennis Johnson. Train sounds. Fred read *The Shadow Line* by Conrad. I myself could not get through that one.
1: And, and, and I read and *Too Too Too Quiet a Solitude*.
0: Too Quiet a Solitude by a Czech writer, which I haven't read yet. And then one that I read was called Fire on the Mountain by Anita Desai. And so they were. I don't know what made
1: me read Accidental Buddhist when I was doing that stuff too.
0: Right. We both, which is not a novella, which is a memoir by Dinty Moore. So we, so I had, we both read that too. So it's been a good, uh, a good rich time for us as far as, as far as reading goes. So Fred, thanks. Thanks so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. Oh,
1: it's my pleasure.
0: Yeah. I hope, uh, I hope you feel like you got to, I don't know, recount a little bit about your life and think ahead a bit. Definitely. Thank you. So I just want to mention before we end the show today that I, I just want to encourage you to comment on, on this episode or any episode you want to, or you can leave me a voicemail, leave also through the podcast webpage. So th- thank you, Fred. Mm-hmm. Love you. Love you too and 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 uh thanks to all my listeners for you know I sort of feel like we're all uh that this project that the, that we're all in this together take care everybody bye bye